Football Podcast on the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Danny Heifetz and I'm joined as always by my co-host and my co-Danny, the hero we need and the analyst we deserve, the Dark Knight himself, Danny Kelly. How are you doing, DK? I'm doing excellent, man. Um, just, uh, yeah, kind of settling into this offseason and, and taking it all in. How are you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. We're also joined by Craig Horlbeck. How are you doing, Craig? What is on your mind? What's on my mind is ranking 25 people in February and having no friends over the weekend because this is what I was thinking about. But um, other than that, I'm doing swell. There is something Atlas-like about doing this in February. Seems, <laughs> it's it's very. I mean, that's it's irresponsible. That's this this is the irresponsibly early top 25. Yes, but in a way, it's kind of liberating. Because when you don't have to rank as if like, oh, I'm going to have to draft with these rankings like tomorrow. It's yeah. like, oh, no, this is not even know what teams these guys are playing for. There's something freeing about that. Absolutely. When I was making the list, what, the thing that kind of stuck out to me is how much uncertainty there is with even like the chalkiest guys on this list. You know what I mean? Like Derrick Henry, probably almost surely going to be a top 10 pick, but we don't even know what team he's going to play for. So as, as I was going through the list, I was like, man, there's just so much uncertainty with so many of these like huge, huge fantasy names. So one thing that I thought was interesting, or I guess you guys can tell me if it's interesting, is so I looked at the 2018 Fantasy Pros ADP top 25 for half PPR. Then I did the 2019, and 17 players on the 2018 ADP were on the top 25 for 2019. Okay, so 17 out of 25 mm. stayed on it. It's many. So the 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 2019 last year's ADP, I compared that with our Danacy top 25, also 17 players. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So does that, that mean we're nailing it or what? Or is it just easy to do this? <laughs> <laughs> you had a much more nuanced thought than I did. I was thinking about how DK used the term chalk. And I was like, why do people use chalk as a term for locks when you because chalk you is really it. E- easy to erase it instead of ink? But you had a much better thought. So let's go with that one. What do you think, DK, <laughs> of the 17 guys? I know. Is that interesting? Is there anything to take away from that or not at all? <laughs> let's just say it's, yes. I think it's interesting, yeah. I think it's like um, the... I think there's enough movement that it's like meaningful that you have to kind of think about these top 25. You have to think about your first couple round draft picks. It's not just automatic. Yes. But at the same time, there's a there's a foundational group of guys that are just kind of unchanging too. Generally, this is what Matthew Berry says where you can't lose your your first. You can't lose your season in the first round, but you can win it. You can't lose it. Oh, you can but win it. You, well, we're messing this up. You cannot win it, but you can lose it. But you can lose it. Which is <laughs> this is February. This is February football. Which just right goes here. to show. It's like yeah, seventeen of the same guys every year are just going to be in it. So it's like yeah, just pick one of the seventeen. It's not that hard. Odds are they're going to be in the top twenty-five again next year. It's easy. The first round and second round are generally easy. It's just hitting. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, right? definitely. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Totally. I, yeah. <laughs> Right? No, no, I, I completely disagree. No, come on. Anybody can sit down and auto-draft the first two rounds and still win their fantasy well, championship. Well, let's go through the average of our rankings, okay. and let's do this. All right, so we each made our own top 25, and then we averaged it out, and we're going to read out the average, but we're going to stop when there are severe disagreements that will probably get heated, I imagine. Right, I, I have a couple have that are going to trick They're people. all Danny's. They're, I, yeah. Mine's, <laughs> I have a couple tricks. I made this I made this just alone with my mind. I didn't even look at other rankings. I didn't either. And then I, I just was like, oh, It's like watching a movie without having never seen a trailer. I tried to do that. <laughs> I just reviewed the movie. Um, all right, so I think the only thing we were unanimous on is the first off the bat. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Running back for the Panthers, number one. Yeah, obviously. Is there anything to even discuss here, DK? No, not really. I mean, the only <laughs> the only thing I would say is there is some uncertainty going forward with 
number one, his usage. Like, is he going to continue to be a 95-plus percent snap count type guy with this new coaching staff? Matt Rule, you know, what is he going to do? What is the quarterback situation going to be like? Or, you know, are they going to have a more effective quarterback that attacks downfield more often and that maybe cuts into McCaffrey's overall bottom line? Um, can he stay healthy? But those are all sort of nitpick questions. Like, he's the unanimous number one for a reason. He's just absurdly good and the has an absurd bell cow usage. So I don't think there's a lot to think about there. Okay, so McCaffrey at one. And then the second person in our average rankings is Zeke Elliott for the Cowboys. This is the definition of safe. Yeah. yeah this the, is safe. the consensus change. I think, Danny, your, your pick threw this off by a Oh, lot. yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> save that true. for moments from now. Let's just say okay. you guys had two different people at two. And then none of us actually voted for Zeke at two. But he is averaged here because I messed up this... Uh, my Saquon vote. I'm just going to spoil that, but we'll get there in a second. Three, we have, so we have McCaffrey at one, Zeke at two, Michael Thomas for the Saints at number three. I was the highest on Michael Thomas. I had him second. Yeah. You guys, uh, DK, you had him four. Craig, you had him five. Again, not, not much to say with Michael Thomas. He's good at football. I mean, unless Taysom Hill is the quarterback. I'm going to be honest, though. I put him at two. <laughs> like, my, my gut instincts, I was just like, I just would rather have him than, like, the other running backs. I that might be a iris- again. These are irresponsible rankings. But as I was doing it, I was looking at this and it was I just had a hard time picking Zeke or Saquon actually over yeah. Michael Thomas. Well, I mean Thomas provided so much relative value this year because he was just head and shoulders above all the other receivers. So I think that definitely makes sense. Like I see your your line of thinking, like why you'd rather have him. The only thing I think is the question mark of like what happens with Breeze, but that's I feel like it's pretty clear he's he going to come back. He had a perfect season, so it's like what are the odds that's going to happen again? I'd rather have Zeke and Mike Evans than Michael Thomas and Josh Jacobs. You know what I mean? Oh, we're going to get there. <laughs> we're going to get there. And to be clear, we're doing half PPR rankings right now, and I think that Drew Brees comes back. I think the Saints are still going to be passing plenty, and Michael Thomas could just re-break that record next year. Four, we've got Dalvin Cook, Vikings, also good at football. Going to run a lot. Had a great year. Got healthy. But he's actually tied. So they actually tied with Saquon Barkley, who you which, guys both had second. Yes, which still, yeah, to be clear. Saquon at five still doesn't sound that crazy, but Heifetz has him where? I have him, I have him ninth, which, you know, there's probably more emotion in this than I yeah, probably well, should have. <laughs> so here's the thing. You ever emotion. just like lie awake at night and you just, or just you're going through your day and you just remember something? Like, you just remember, you're like, oh, my God, like, I forgot. And, like, I will just be going through my day, and I'll just, something will happen. I'm like, oh, right, Jason Garrett is running the Giants offense. I'll, I'll just be <laughs> randomly triggered to remember this. Now, I understand, yeah. like, oh, well, Zeke did great with Jason Garrett. I have, at this moment in time, February 17th, we're recording this. I don't have zero faith in the Giants offense this year, but it's, like, asymptotic. It's, like, infinitely approaching zero. Mm, yeah, yeah. And so maybe this is just like my emotions. I mean, that is what's happening here. But yeah. the Giants' offense sucks, <laughs> and I don't really. And I, look, maybe that will change with head coach Joe Judge and Jason Garrett. But until it does, I don't know how I feel about having uh, my first round pick come from a horrible, horrible offense. Yeah, but doesn't it not matter? Christian McCaffrey's team didn't make the playoffs. Dallas Cowboys didn't make the playoffs. Nick Chubb's team didn't make the playoffs. Saquon Barkley's team didn't make the playoffs. Like, who cares? But the Giants are awful. Like, the <laughs> Panthers, 
I mean, the Panthers, obviously, it's different because the Panthers, yeah, they didn't make the playoffs, but they were pretty competent. And that was with even with a backup quarterback, the Panthers were so much more creative about how they got McCaffrey the ball. They were more creative moving the ball. I mean, they were just a straight better offense. The, there's been so little creativity with the Giants, and Jason Garrett basically was derided for Cowboys fans for 10 years for a lack of creativity and a lack of attention to detail. That sounds tough. And I... I I, I understand so, this is silly, and I'm probably going to move him up by the time right. we get to August. I'll probably join the herd and the sheeple and put him at two like everyone else. But as of this moment in time, I was like, would I rather have Saquon or Dalvin Cook? I was like, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I can't, I'm going to roll Jason Garrett, really? Right. I mean, I, can, I understand like the, the would you rather game when you're talking about early guys is that's pretty telling. I mean, you know, and you might get to the draft and you might actually chicken out and just take Barkley ahead of everybody. But I mean, I, under, I kind of understand where you're going with this. The reason I disagree with you and the reason I had him at number two, and I think Craig probably can vouch for this and, and has the same sort of argument, but even on a, in a season when he was battling an ankle sprain, a high ankle sprain for a good chunk of the season, he was the RB6 on a per game basis in half PPR. And he was the top scoring non-quarterback in the fantasy playoffs. So down the stretch, I feel like we finally saw you know, the Saquon Barkley that everyone was expecting to be like 20 plus points a game average, you know, he got more involved in the passing game and all that. Now, we have no idea what's going to happen with Jason Garrett. Their passing game might be significantly better with Daniel Jones potentially taking a jump as a sophomore, um, you know, if they get more weapons and, and all that stuff. And maybe maybe Barkley's not as involved in the passing game, so that kind of hurts his bottom line. But it's an emotional thing. I get it. You're a Giants <laughs> fan, so I'm scarred, dude. Although, but the it one does thing affect I, our rankings pretty heavily. I think if if it was just Craig and I, he would be the the overall number two. Saquon's always been I, good despite the Giants, and I don't. No, see but that the one stopping. thing I do want to hit though is that you mentioned the points per game, and this is going to be a theme of for the whole year, the whole offseason when we do this is points per game. Saquon's best two games were week uh, 15 and 16 when he shredded like the Dolphins and the Eagles. When anyone who had him was probably off because if you drafted him first and he was like, if you look at yeah. points per game for week one to 14, which is the regular season for fantasy, he was 21st. Right. But I mean, he was, he was not healthy for a large chunk of that too. So no, I understand, but I'm just saying like he was 21st, like he was, he, he was behind Todd Gurley in points per game when in the first 14 weeks, which takes out the yeah. weeks that he missed. I'm just saying like, it's. When I have him at like eighth, I don't feel like that's insulting, even though I'll be considered a lunatic and a heretic, which I kind of am. But <laughs> just throwing it out there. Yeah, I no, do I think we need to eventually narrow down like the stats that matter, where it's like, because people just throw around like, he was the RB9. It's like, okay, well, he didn't play 10 games. You know, yeah, it's like, exactly. that type of shit. And even the points per game, like you just said, like some guy, Kenyon Drake has two massive games and he's like the RB10 in points per game. But in reality, he really wasn't. Also, I said the Eagles, he, the Washington. It was the Washington game. He like 190 yards plus 90 receiving. Yeah, two so total it's like maybe we need to like, like remove the aberration games. But I don't, is it an aberration if it's Saquon Barkley? Does it, why shouldn't it count if it's week 15? I feel like it should. I don't know. There's a lot to discuss. Well, that's what the next seven months are for. <laughs> I wonder if Saquon will come up in, again until August. All right, until then. Yeah. All right, next up. So we got that's McCaffrey at one, Zeke at two, Michael Thomas at three, Dalvin Cook at four, Saquon tied with him at four. Devontae Adams at six. Thrilling stuff. Number seven. Yeah, there's not really a lot to talk He's, about so, there. No, the, yeah. the top guys, as you said, are chalk, ink, whatever we want to call it. Devontae Adams, good at football, was not healthy for portions, and once he got healthy, was just as good as we all thought he would be. He was the number two receiver in like every aspect behind Michael Thomas when he was healthy. All right, this is where it gets interesting. Seventh, we average out Derrick Henry. So the obvious caveat here is 
Derrick Henry is a free agent. We don't know where he's... Well, he will be a free agent unless the Titans sign him. We don't know where he's going to play. I just assumed he was going back to the Titans, and I ranked him as if he were going back to the Titans. What do you guys think? Did you dock him for the uncertainty, or I just ranked him as if he were a Tennessee Titan? Yeah. Yeah, no, I I didn't really dock him. He was my RB4, number five overall. So um, I think I was actually the highest on him. So what do you make of the four-game stretch where he broke every conceivable record and ran for 180 yards 10,000 times in a row and also (laughs) has a ton of carries and whether any of that is sustainable? And what do people make of that going into this year? That's not sustainable, but I think he's proven over the years that you know, the concerns about his durability is, you know, and that he'd wear down because he's had like a thousand carries in his since going back to high school or whatever. Like, he's just different. He's he's built different than a lot of guys. And so I think, I don't, I feel like we don't have to worry about it that much. You know, it's like you have to worry about injuries with any running back, but I don't think Henry has a heightened injury risk because of like his running style or anything like that. So I'm I'm sticking with him. You know, we underestimated him coming into last season. I'm not going to make that mistake again. Um, the question I have, they had like a 90-something percent success rate in the red zone with like one field goal and like 20-something touchdowns down the stretch. They were absolutely bonkers effective in the red zone. And that obviously paid off huge for Henry. Um, can they do that? That's not sustainable over a full season. And what does that affect? Like, how does that affect Henry next year? Less touchdowns. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. All right. I think that lowers his ceiling a little bit, but still like him a lot. Still think he's going to get a huge workload. I don't know. Much like his individual seasons, it seems like his career, he's getting better with the more wear and tear he gets put on his body. Like the season with the most rushes, he's had the best yards per carry, the best yards per catch. But I don't feel as confident about him. One, he's never had more than 24 targets in a season, and this is a half PPR ranking. And it's like, okay, if he doesn't have 16 touchdowns, and he had two receiving also, so if he doesn't have 18 touchdowns, and teams start to shell out against the run a little bit more, which now they know is the Titans' entire game plan, I don't really feel confident that he's going to have this year or maybe even 90% of it. Like, I could see him being kind of almost like a— like, if he has a Leonard Fournette year— Minus all of the targets, Derrick Henry's like not even a top ten back this year, and that's what I would say I'd be worried about. Mm. So you have him, you have him as number nine overall, the RB six. The guy ahead of him, I think, is very interesting that you had in your ranking. So we can we can actually go right to him. I think we can skip over to Andre Hopkins. He's number eight on our list. You know, there's not a lot to talk about. Good at football, right? Nick Chubb is number nine. So tell me. Craig, because I think you had him ranked highest. You have him. No, wait. Danny actually had him ranked. Yeah, highest. I have him I ahead of Derrick Henry. I'm gonna. I can already tell. I'm gonna be in on the Browns this year. Like okay. I can already tell. I just. I think the Freddie Kitchens thing was a disaster. I think that team's gonna refocus everything that all the hype we said about them last year. Most of it's like still true. Uh, perhaps we should have been hesitant to think that institutional rot could be cleansed in like four months. <laughs> That's a good note for the future. But I think right. that now they have this offseason, I think they're going to get a lot of things right. I think Nick Chubb is one of the most talented players in the NFL straight up that doesn't get considered that. But he's unbelievable to watch. And I think the team is just going to be so much better. Um, I like Kevin Stefanski. Like, I mean, I'm not sure he's yeah. going to the guy to fix the Browns, but I think that offense is going to be so much better. It doesn't take much to improve what they were doing. And I think that's going to start around Nick Chubb. I think for all the talk, we love Odell. But like, I think Nick Chubb is actually 
going to be like this could be the centerpiece of that offense. And we're only doing the top 25 today, but I also think Baker is going to be a huge value next year because you'll probably be able to pick up Baker like 13th, 14th in the draft next year um, among quarterbacks. And like, hello, yeah. like, th- last yeah. year he was going sixth. All the value was taken out of it. So I, I that's just me being in on the Browns and also being a little dubious about whether the Titans can be the third best, most efficient offense after mm. like the Ravens and the Chiefs. With Ryan Tannehill, not sure that's going to keep up. No offense to Ryan Tannehill, but that's really how I feel about the Henry thing. It's not just converting every time they get to the red zone, like eighty percent of the time or whatever. It's are they going to get to the red zone that often? I don't know. I'm I'm dubious of a lot of things. So I like Chubb. I never think things are going to repeat. I don't know if that's yes, just a pessimist what in I'm me, saying. but I, I'm always <laughs> dubious that record-setting seasons are going to repeat. Except for literally the first thing you said of this podcast, which was 17 players every year from the top 25. <laughs> no, you started right. this podcast talking about that. Not record-setting. The only guy who's like, Antonio Brown is like the only guy who's like actually like the wide receiver one every year for five straight years. But besides him, no one else really does that. So I'm willing to bet against it. I'll play I hate odds. to be cold about Derrick Henry. It's just like, if you look at the history of dudes who've done remarkable stuff, as you're saying, it just doesn't, it's very difficult to replicate and it's nothing against them. As you said, you can lose your draft in your first round. So I have, I have Chubb a little bit lower. Um, Not a lot lower. Cause I I agree. Like I love him. I think he's a explosive back. I think the Stefanski thing is very interesting from a fantasy point of view because they just run the hell out of the ball. And they, they you know, really dedicated to it, at least with the Vikings last year. I figure he'll bring that same sort of philosophy and style. So the Browns could really end up being a very, you know, like a top running team. The only thing that worries me a little bit, and we'll know more about this as the season goes on, but what is Kareem Hunt's role with the Browns? Is he even a Brown? Because... I think there's been uncertainty whether he's even a restricted free agent or an unrestricted free agent. I don't think, you know, we'll find out kind of what happens, you know, over the coming weeks. But Hunt's role on the Browns offense, I think, is going to be kind of crucial to this whole thing. Because last year, he was really cutting into Chubb's overall fantasy bottom line because he was playing almost all the passing down snaps. He was like their passing down running back. He He had, you know, a ton of value in PPR leagues. Even in a half PPR league, I think that could really cut into his bottom line. So that's the only thing that worries me because I think Kareem Hunt is a really, really good back too. So maybe they want to use him. They don't want to wear Chubb down. Maybe they end up having like a platoon and that could really eat into Chubb's value. Okay, so next up we got Alvin Kamara at number 10, who I think we can skip Alvin too. Love Alvin. So the top 10 we've got, the averaged out is McCaffrey, Zeke, Michael Thomas, Dalvin Cook, Saquon, who would be number two if it were not for me and my anxieties, <laughs> Devontae Adams, Derek Henry, DeAndre Hopkins, Nick Chubb, and Alvin Kamara. All right, so going to number 11, we've got Tyree Kill from the Chiefs. Yeah, that's and, pretty obvious. Again, not and much then, to say. Yeah. So then we've got Aaron Jones, running back for the Packers. I mean, you mentioned the touchdown regression with Derek yeah. Henry. Obviously, Aaron Jones had... What was the exact number? 44? 47 touchdowns this year? I forget. <laughs> Hit an NFL high 19 touchdowns on 285 touches. So he is the prime candidate for touchdown regression going forward. That doesn't mean he's not going to be a, a good fantasy player. It just means he's almost surely not going to be as efficient scoring touchdowns as he was this season. So why do we all have him in the same place? I have him at 11. You guys have 12 and 12. Why are we not like... Just putting him lit lower than this. If we're like, well, he's gonna he's gonna score half of his touchdowns because he was the RB two, and it's just kind of hard not to look at that. I think Aaron Jones, in, as the offseason progresses, is gonna have the biggest. Like, yeah, can up we and be down. frank about our biases for right now? What like like just when we do the rankings like this, you put stuff like in public, let's be petty with you, it. Even no, I'm saying even when you have real <laughs> thoughts, like naked thoughts, 
like for me, the Saquon thing, putting Saquon where I did, part of me was like, I'm an idiot. And I think that's the Aaron Jones thing where it's like, he had 18 touchdowns. I think he could have like seven next year. Yeah. But then I'm like, am I really going to put him lower than 12? I don't know. Even in this irresponsibly early rankings, part of me was like, I kind of think it might be lower. Well, it's because it came out of nowhere. He's less proven. He had the third year breakout that a lot of guys have, but... I don't know. When I look at Zeke and Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley and even Nick Chubb for some reason, I don't see Aaron Jones in that class. That's exactly where I'm coming from. I'm picking up exactly what you're putting down. You picking up what he's putting down, DK? <laughs> I'm with you guys. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, let's keep this train rolling. We got Julio next. Julio, old faithful. That's Julio. Exa- That's why he's 13 and not 7 is because he's getting a little there. He's getting, getting a little... The Tim Duncan of wide receivers. <laughs> wow. That's, good. That's like, a good comp. You like that? Yeah. I do like that. All right. All right. That was off the top. Oh, this one. All right, here we go. We can slow the train down here. Mike Evans, Bucks. This one does matter a lot about the next month or so about what the Bucks do with James Winston. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to sit here and hypothesize about how Mike Evans and Chris Godwin would do with every version of a quarterback they could do. So let's just start. If the Bucks bring James back, how do you feel about Mike Evans and then by extension, Chris Godwin? Obviously, they were unbelievable. Like, I mean, in the weeks that they were playing, I think Mike Evans went out, what, week 15, and then Godwin was out for week 16. But for the weeks they played, the first 14, 15 weeks of the year, they were both, like, top three in just about any scoring format. Right. So how the hell do you evaluate this going forward? Which do you prefer? Like, how do you go about this if they bring Winston back? If they bring Winston back, I think both of them climb in my rankings, to be honest. The newly cited Jameis Winston now with— Presumably 2020 oh, the LASIK vision. surgery. Oh <laughs> my god, I forgot about that. Was can now, was now has been gifted with sight. Yeah, if you guys missed it, if you missed it over the, uh, I guess during the weekend or last week, late last week, uh, it was came out in the news that Jameis Winston got LASIK surgery to uh, correct his eyesight. You know, eyesight in theory is pretty important for playing the most difficult position in all of sports. This is an embarrassing oversight from a professional (laughs) organization. Steph Curry got, like, fucking LASIK, like, a year ago. I don't understand this. We should be checking everybody's eyesight every three months. (laughs) Insane. This is so easy. Have them read a little board of letters, and if they screw up, fix it. He's a quarterback. His job is to see. I mean, the counter is, like, maybe we shouldn't point lasers at the eyes of our most valuable right. like player. That would make me really you nervous. Know? Like just shoot I'm, lasers into the— I know that I'm no, not a no, doctor. That's, and that's probably We're irresponsible. We're putting dead people's ligaments in people's bodies. LASIK does have higher risk than it's known. So he should just trot out there with some, some contacts? Sure. I think that what's interesting to me about this is that this is going, everyone's going to have to have the same conversation about this a hundred times where it's like, oh, how funny is it that James got lazy? But really, can you imagine if he's actually like Brett Favre and we didn't know? <laughs> and then you're going to come back to, oh, maybe it was nothing. And like everyone's going to cycle through the same like five thoughts over and over again until like we see him play in September because no one's going to have any idea how impactful this was. It's the no. Well, no. Well, yeah, it, it's the kombucha girl. James yeah. Winston is the kombucha girl we, of, we of have, fantasy football. I can't remember such a crazily important thing that nobody will have any insight to whatsoever. It's egregious on my perspective. Let me ask you guys, where do you think James Winston finished in the overall quarterback points this year? He was two, right? DK, what do you think? Oh, God. I should know this by heart. He was two, was he, no? He was three. Three? Kind of higher than I Is that in point in total points? Total points. He was third. Yeah. Lamar, gotcha. Dak, Jameis. Dak. Yeah. Yeah, Dak. That's my guy. Jameis is fantasy gold, so I hope, beyond all hope, that he's back with the Bucks. But 
for whatever reason, I feel like he's not going to be. I don't know why, but like maybe it's just it, it was the thirty posturing. interceptions. It was the thirty interceptions as well. <laughs> okay, back to the back to the rolling. Wait, so we got Mike Evans at fourteen. Yeah. We got Joe Mixon at fifteen, and then we got Godwin at sixteen. So I like Godwin I, over over Evans this year. Well, I like that we got Mixon in the middle there because we avoided the sandwich. Because anytime you see fantasy rankings where two teammates are next to each other, that's the person just be kind of transparently being like, I have no idea who's going to do better. Also, everybody puts Kittle and Kelsey together too. Yeah, that, and that's yeah. that's okay. That's fine. I appreciate the transparency. So I I like that Godwin, or we got Mixon just in <laughs> yeah. between Evans and Godwin being like, no, we're, we're Evans over Godwin. I'm a I'm a Godwin guy over Evans this year. And it's I think from, I am too. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know, we were talking about how we're going to let our biases sink in or just like, you know, weird facts that don't really mean, you know, unfounded data. Well, <laughs> did, did that come up? I missed that part. <laughs> No one said that? Weird. Um, Chris Godwin, this is a contract year for Godwin. And that matters to me. I, you know, I love slot guys. I love you contract. You love narratives. I yeah. love contract year guys. You have old veterans. And not yeah. that people need reasons to play, but people need reasons to play. And <laughs> if you look at all the guys last year who had contract years, they had massive years. Derrick Henry, Dak, Jameis, Kenyon Drake, contract year last year. Michael Thomas, contract year. Tyler Boyd, contract year. Great year. Austin Hooper, career year before he got hurt, contract year. Austin Eckler, career year, contract Here's year. Here's why I don't like this. This has become too ubiquitous. You play for the paycheck, you get paid, you no, suck. This Le'Veon has become Bell. too ubiquitous, this contract year thing. No. The reality is that every player <laughs> is like in, in a contract year because if you have signed a second contract, you can basically get cut at any time, i.e. I just said that out loud. That was really weird. It's definitely a thing I've only said in writing, i.e. But David Johnson, probably going to be released by the Cardinals. Yeah. Was not in a contract year, but he was because NFL contracts are all a lie and they only have one or two years guaranteed, three max. And then everything after that is a team option that they don't call a team option. So every year is a contract year for the players. Yeah, but I thought with David Johnson, he can't get released because their cap hit is outrageous. Yeah. I like think the dead cap is outrageous. That's neither here nor there. I think your point stands. Your point stands, but my whole perspective about this is before they get paid, the way they're thinking is, oh shit, I got to have the best year of my career so I can get that paycheck. Regardless of what all the fine tuning means after that and all the the reading between the lines of what the contract actually means, before they get paid, I think in their head, it's like, I got to have my year. This is my year. I'm going to prepare the hardest so I can get that paycheck. Out. Yeah. You know? And to clarify that point on David Johnson, if he's cut before June... It's a $60 million hit, but if he's traded, it's a $6 million hit. Yeah, they so they're going to try and trade him. Yeah, Dolphins. Dolphins, man. I still think Gurley ends up on the Dolphins, but that's just me. All right, seven team, we got Travis Kelsey. Would you guys actually take Travis Kelsey here in your actual second-round pick, or did you put him here out of guilt? Guilt. I like waiting for tight ends, personally. Same. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> I put him later. I have him like 18 or something. All I do is, all I want to do is draft like the fifth tight end. And hope they be. I just want to find the guy who's in the five, six, seven range. He's going to finish as the tight end too, which is like what I thought was Evan Ingram last year. You know, could be again this year. Wilson OJ Howard, eighteen. Josh Jacobs four. The Las Vegas Raiders LVR. How weird LVR. does that sound? Gross. Craig has him as RB eleven. I had him as the running back eleven as well. And Danny, you have him as. You've got him as the running back nine, so you're pretty high on him. I think he's going to have a great year. I think the Raiders' okay. offense will be better. I think the Raiders will be better. I am very into John Gruden in 2020. Hell yeah. And I just think Josh Jacobs <laughs> is going to be the center of that. He's not running on dirt for the first time in his career. That's I, You know oh, what? You say, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. that's. <laughs> you'd be amazed what happens <laughs> when you don't. I mean, do, who is the running back that described it? Like They were like, what's it like to get tackled on the infield? 
for the eight. And he was like, imagine just going out on a pavement and doing a belly flop. What do you think of uh, the team's decision to sign Jalen Richard to a contract extension? Does that make you worried about Josh Jacobs at all? Because he was not a factor really in the passing game last year as a rookie, even though they talked about how he was going to be. Um, and he was and capable. Now, and now they, re, now they re-sign the guy who's probably going to do that next year. So does that make you worried about his overall ability to kind of carry the offense? I mean, Jalen Richard had three more carries than catches last year, so he's obviously receiving back. Right. Uh, I think I think it's going to be easier for. I, I mean, I'm look part of it's February. I am, would be lying if I didn't say I would love to see all those headlines where it's like Josh Jacobs catching passes and OTAs against you know Air. Yeah. Those mean nothing. Nothing anyone does against Air means anything. But I just think he's going to get a lot. I just think he's going to be on the field a lot for this team, and I just don't think Jalen Richard's going to be uh, spelling him too much. Mm. Maybe they're doing it to push him. Yeah, That's one of those things that you just have to see what happens in training camp because you're going to hear an offseason of Josh Jacobs learning to catch, but we'll find out when they actually put pads on. Which, if I was you know, a beat writer, I would just like write some article about Josh Jacobs being a terrible pass catcher right before my draft so then his stock just dives <laughs> and then I draft him and then like immediately rectify that. It's probably why you're not a beat writer. Probably. All right, let's keep this rolling. Well, Amari Cooper, Dallas. We got assuming, him at 19. We're assuming Dallas, yeah. I think They're going to tag. He, he will be... I did this as if he's a cowboy. I think there is same not same. zero chance he leaves, but pretty close. I'd be shocked if Amari Cooper leaves. More shocked, actually, than Drew Brees retiring. I could, I could see Amari being a guy who, after this year, if they tag him and he it comes back, is like a top 10. There's a franchise. There's, your, there's your contract year guy. Beautiful. There you go. I could see him being like up here with like Tyreek and Julio. He, next he was year. not healthy for like the entire season. And he had and a he career still was pretty year. solid. Yeah. Like he was not healthy. Like he had... Foot issues. I mean, he was dealing with plantar fasciitis in August. Like, real foot issues. So, if he's healthy this year, I, you know, sometimes it's like, don't overthink it. Amari Cooper is 25 years old. Yeah, man. He's still 25 years old. That's so crazy. I think he's going to be having an amazing season. Uh, yeah. Next up, we got 20. We got our guy. Lenny Forns. Lenny Forns himself. <laughs> Why have we been talking about him for six months, and yet we all are kind of like, he's like 20th. DK? I'm worried about him, to be honest. I mean, Me too. so there's rumors coming out already that he's not going to get a fifth-year option. So that maybe, you know, maybe that is actually a good thing because then he's playing for a contract. We'll see. There we go. Um, but, you know, with Jay Gruden taking over the offense there, he's always used the pass catching back in his offenses. So that could, again, it's like the Josh Jacobs thing. It could cut into his bottom line. You know, they already had a lot of issues getting him into the end zone. And fewer carries and fewer opportunities is not going to necessarily fix that. So I'm just a little bit worried about his usage mostly. Like, are they going to continue to absolutely lean on him for a huge, huge, huge amount of their offense? Or is it going to be more of like a timeshare? Because are they are they going to start kind of moving on from him? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Tom Coughlin got fired. Tom Coughlin was the one who drafted him. And when the guy who drafted the running back in the top four is not in the building anymore, yeah, I just am not as certain of how many carries or snaps he's going to be on the field as I was before. I would say we have him appropriately ranked. Right. Yeah. He's still going to get a ton of opportunity. Yeah. But it's the same reason I'm into Josh Jacobs, actually. It's like John Gruden drafted Josh Jacobs. He drafted him to put him on the field. I'm not worried about Jalen Richard spelling him because I think Gruden wants him on the field. And he, even if may, maybe square peg round hole, he's going to jam it in. I don't feel that way about Lenny Forens this year. Right. Uh, 21st, we got George Kittle, tight end, San Francisco. Again, did you guys rank him this high because you would take him here or because we felt a, a, a shameless, like a nameless guilt about having him lower than 21st? I feel better about this one, but I'm still in yeah. that boat. Would you take George Kittle in the first 25 picks? 
I might take him at the very end of the second round, yeah. It's just like every year. It's like Mark Andrews, you know, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller this year, like Austin Hooper. There's just tight ends every year that if you strike gold on them, yeah. you're doing great. And uh-huh. just the idea of taking a tight end this high. There's a certain type regretted. of drafter who just like loves to grab Kelsey at 17. You know what I mean? It's just a certain, a type, certain of type of It's a philosophical thing. Yeah. yeah. Specific personalities for drafters. You know, they all assume different archetypes. <laughs> all right. Rounding out the top 25, we've got Juju at 23, Kenny Galladay at 24, and Odell Beckham at rounding out the 25. This is such a fun zone. Like, these are the the most fun guys to draft. It's where the real disagreements start. Um, DK, what do you think of these dudes? It's it's tough because um, if you remember last year, you know, Juju was, I think, a guy that we were thinking had the potential to, like, make a massive jump because losing Antonio Brown, you know, he could— start being the number one in that offense. And then Ben went down. He had a terrible season. He had like, he just completely fell off the map. And, you know, Big Ben coming back, obviously good for him. But I think there's still a lot of uncertainty around Smith-Schuster because, you know, there's some people I think that are sort of thinking a guy like Deontay Johnson could potentially lead the team in targets and maybe Juju becomes the number two there. It's just very, very tough to know. I think I'm kind of erring on the side of Juju having a big bounce back here, but there, I just think it's very risky with him kind of trying to figure out, you know, exactly what his floor and ceiling are going into this season. So um, he's a tough one for me. Craig, what do you think about Galladay? It's going to be hard to not let him creep up people's rankings, and I think it's going to, especially in auction leagues, you're going to have to pay up this year for Kenny Galladay because he had such a good year. I know he had 11 touchdowns on 65 catches, but he did half of them with like David Blau and whoever else was throwing to <laughs> right. him. And I just think that he's going to be one of the guys. And I think Juju might be too, where the longer you wait to draft, these guys are going to creep up and like really drive the hype train because Galladay is just like one of those guys that really passes the eye test and he's plays in Detroit. So maybe he didn't get a ton of uh, games this year, but like, this is going to be like a beat writer guy where come like late August, Galladay is going to be like this 18th overall pick and you're going to be screwed. The Lions are just an aggressive downfield passing offense, and they probably don't have that rep yet. It'll get beaten into everyone's heads over the summer, but, I mean, they're just launching the ball. Yeah, Stafford had a renaissance last season. You know, under Bevel, they started attacking deep, because for a while there, for a few seasons, under Jim Bob Cooter, they were just a dink-and-dunk offense, and they just let it loose last year, play action and things like that. Also, Galladay, contract year. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Odell, not in a contract year, but revenge tour? Again, he just played the whole year with Sportsernia, and I think that's relevant. And I think that that whole yeah. team, like sometimes you can get fall into danger with the well, they're they're motivated this year, but like they are, the Browns are motivated. And I also just believe they're going to be better, competent, which they were not last year. I think a lot of things went wrong, uh, and I think Odell now you'll actually be able to get it to value. Last year was going what somewhere between eleven and fifteen or whatever, depending on what kind of league you were in. Yeah. Now, if you can get him at 25, that would be pretty, you know, I think that's that's tasty. I was looking at airyards.com last night and... Uh, a busy Sunday night for DK. <laughs> and I didn't even realize this, but Beckham was third among receivers last season in air yards. So 1,801, third among receivers. He finished 23rd in actual yards. So there's this huge, huge gap of potential, I think, and that's kind of what we expected him to do. Like, we expected him to be one of the top, you know, deep ball catching pass pass catchers next or last season. But this just didn't work out. They, their offense was just terrible, whatever. Um, this season, I could see them kind of getting back on track. All right, Craig, you have 17 seconds to talk about Cooper Cup. Uh, he had his best year in the Rams' worst year. And 
he was a third-year breakout guy going into a contract year, ding, 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 and the Rams are not going to be worse. And I love slot guys, and he's Jared Goff's most trusted pass catcher. Cup is great. Another year removed from injury. Remember for half the season, he was like a top three dude or something like that. Yeah, and then he dropped off the map. Yeah. I mean, you know he was the fourth overall wide receiver last year, right? But again, like— It's kind of weird. He's not in your guys' top 25, and he was the fourth best. Ah, That's Yeah, that's a good point. Number four. But the first—but he was like the first eight games. Yeah, he was nuts. But what don't—they don't count? (laughs) What does that mean? I think the Rams' offense going forward is much more indicative of the final eight games. Sean McVay has already said he's going to have to like be more attentive to the defense this year. So this is just you being dubious about McVay being able to get out of the slump. No, I, I just, I mean, I guess. Remember when I said I didn't like the Rams offense last year and you guys all laughed at me? I mean, Cooper Cup's last five games, he had five touchdowns. Sounds like he's due for regression. Yeah, oh, okay, I got it. So all the, yard, <laughs> all the yards in the first half of the season, regression. All the touchdowns in the second half, regression. Yeah, they're half off. That's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um Miles Sanders, I just want I just think he, he's going to get the job. I have nothing to back this up at this moment in time. It's like we just have to wait. I just think that he will end up as the like in August I think he'll be the primary ball carrier for the Philadelphia Eagles and will be a top 20 guy. So these are the guys that didn't quite make our top 20. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 these are just the, and then the most divisive of all, the guy I had, 25th. And I think I would I would take 25th. I think Lamar Jackson. That's going to be a whole you podcast. Did not rank where do you draft Lamar? But it's like, yeah, where do you take Lamar? Because in, if we can wrap this whole thing up in a sentence, all of fantasy football agrees on one thing, which is you should probably take quarterbacks late. But mm-hmm. Lamar is unlike any other quarterback that we've seen. Yeah, he's challenging the status quo of drafting. So DK, you're the one who predicted he would break fantasy football. So now the fantasy football is broken. Where would you draft Lamar Jackson? Will he break the draft? Uh, I mean, if, he's a, if, if you're taking him in the third round, I think that's fine. You got him ranked 25th, right? So, like, early third? Yeah. Right, a little super anticlimactic. I know, you're like, ah, yeah, so I guess like, oh, right. Well, third, that's fine. I was like, all right. Well, <laughs> I mean, if you, if you can get two guys before that, that's, yeah, that's fine. Well, I here's the thing, DK. Fine. Would you rather have Lamar Jackson as the 27th overall pick or Matt Stafford in round 11? Or Baker, mm. like, with your last pick. That's the way I'm, like, yeah. thinking about it. Like, in well, a standard one-quarterback league, I'd probably go with Stafford. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. Because there's a strong chance Jackson doesn't lead the NFL in passing touchdowns again this season or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's exactly. a there's a chance for regression. So there's not a chance. His touchdown rate was basically one of the best ever. Right. Like one of the ten best marks ever. Nine percent of his throws were touchdowns, which is ludicrous. Wow. Doubters. <laughs> I'm just, I Hopefully Mallory doesn't listen to this podcast. We are, no, I, I we love, are not doubters on this podcast. No one <laughs> can call us Lamar Jackson doubters. All right. <laughs> anyway, All right. there's our top twenty five. There's our top twenty five. Thank you to everyone for listening. Next week, Combine. Next week, Combine. Yes, next Do week, it, Combine. Yeah. DK, we're going to be in Indy, man. That's going to be fun. Yeah, I can't wait for that. So we're going to start previewing the draft, obviously, since we're going to be in Indianapolis for the Combine. Talking about rookie receivers that could and running backs and quarterbacks that could have a big impact on all formats of fantasy, but even but especially redraft, since that's kind of the main thing. I think going into next year, a lot of these guys are going to be really like high-impact players in, in 2020. So... This year, especially, I think the draft is going to be really important to study. Who are going to be the high-impact players? Just kidding. That's next week. We'll see you guys next week. 